we've got a lot going on today. We're going to have, um, we've got some representatives from Evergreen Christian Outreach, and we're going to spotlight them uh, today for Scatter Church. Um, we're going to play a game. We're going to do a little interview. We've got a video for you, um, a little bit of a talk, um, just learning about the need in the area. Uh, we're going to have a fun day at church. Just so you know, this is, um, this is Scatter Church, and this is what we call a boxing glove Scatter Church. Uh, we have work glove scatters, which is your typical, we go out and work, and for obvious reasons, we're not doing one of those today, because it was single digits when I drove to the church. I was like, I just didn't see that coming, but I should, because, you know, March in Colorado is, it's unruly. But, um, yeah, we're going to, uh, so that's, that's we have uh, the work glove scatters where we go and we serve in the community. Boxing glove scatters are where we come in and we stay, we, we stay here, but we talk about needs in our community and needs globally in ways that we can uh, become more aware and get more involved and, and give towards organizations that are doing great things. And Evergreen Christian Outreach, guys, I, I can't wait to share with you, Rebecca and I have been meeting with them for the last couple of weeks, and then we, we just kept, we kept digging in and digging in, and the deeper I get, it's just more legit you guys are as an organization. So, um, yeah, without further ado, uh, I want you to welcome up our, our friends Dale and Megan to come up, and we're, gonna, we're actually going to start with a game, so welcome them up, please. Oh, you can go more than that. Come on, come on. Come on. So, um, so I want you guys to introduce yourselves here. Here, step up a little bit more here. I'm kind of shy. We're gonna, in a second here, we're going to play a game called True Confessions, and I'll explain what that is here in a second. But before we play that game, why don't you guys introduce yourself and tell, tell us what you do at Echo. How about if I introduce Megan and she can introduce me? That's fair. That's fair. Go for it. <laughs> Um, this is Megan Moore. She's our uh, manager of uh, marketing and events at Echo. Been there about a year and a half. And uh, one of the things that, at Echo that we've been working really hard on is how do we present ourselves to the community in a consistent way that everybody can understand more of who we are, not just you're a food pantry or you're a resale store. And Megan is masterful at crafting those messages. Um, she also heads up our culture committee, which as an organization is really important in the kind of work we do where there's a lot of uh, compassion fatigue is a real thing when you work with people in need uh, every day on and on um, and so she uh, helps us maintain a great positive culture how's that Sounds how, good. Did, how, did, how did he do <laughs> he did good except right. for it's almost two years now it's, it's almost, almost two, yes in may it'll be two years <laughs> see okay. i knew that though right. yeah. so now you get to go what does okay. dale, dale do so dale, dale is role. our executive director um we're not really sure what he does nope yeah and um, i like it that way <laughs> no um he's a wonderful leader he um really just cultivates um something special in our organization just kind of brings us all together and giving me all the credit for culture committee um, wouldn't be fair because it all starts with him. Um, he has an open door policy. He has um, this mindset that we're never going to have a scarcity mindset. We're going to, we're always going to operate in the state of abundance. And so um, that's really encouraging to all of us that no matter what's going on in our community or what's going on in our building, um, Dale really makes sure that we have access to things that we need in order to better do our jobs. Um, he makes sure that we're always elevating and um, most of all sounds cheesy but um, he makes us a family so 
Oh, we really appreciate it. Do you guys want to hug? We do. We do. Everybody go, aww. That's better than, <laughs> that was totally unscripted, by the way. That's better than most that. things we do together. We've done podcasts. They're usually pretty okay. cool. But, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's, let's keep moving. We are going to play a game called True Confessions this morning, and here's how it's going to work. In front of you is two envelopes, and you know what are in these envelopes. One envelope. There's confessions in each of them. One of those confessions is true, and the other is a lie. And uh, so what we're going to do here in a second is you guys will start with me. You'll choose which envelope you want me to open. I'll open it, and I'll read the confession, and then I will tell you about it, and then you'll have 60 seconds to interrogate me. (laughs) And at at the end of the 60 seconds... You have to decide whether the pastor is telling the truth or lying in church. Okay. Okay. Gosh. So that that's how this is going to work, and then you guys, we'll we'll do you guys next. Okay. All right. So without Perfect. further ado, which one should I choose? Option one or option two? The choice is yours. You pick. Two. Option two. Interesting. <laughs> okay. It says. Jimmy Fallon actually got this game from me. No, I'm joking. That was a lie. That was actually a lie. Um, But this one is true. Or is it? You'll have to find out. I once sang in a concert with Sandy Patty. And I'll remind you, for those of you who don't know who Sandy Patty is, yeah, some of you are impressed and some of you are like, huh? Sandy Patty is the single most awarded contemporary Christian female vocalist in history with over 40 dove awards yes all right uh, we ready for that timer <clears throat> you have 60 seconds all right so when did that take place Josh uh, that would have been back in the 90s I was actually pretty young no I was like late 80s I was I was eight you were eight mm-hmm. and what was the occasion it was actually a conference I was coming from Wisconsin but it was a conference here in Colorado music conference that uh, and there was a bunch of kids there and I was pulled up on stage to sing with her. I actually had like a solo. Wow. For like, I, I actually like had my own little thing. So where did that take place? I might have been there. Estes Park. Mm, okay. What did you sing? I don't remember. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. At one point in time, I may have said, oh, Sandy, or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Do you, you remember, did she, did she sing anything else? Do you remember that? I don't remember. What, I'm sure, yeah, I know she sang like a whole concert, whole but concert. I came up for like one So she one was song. featured? Mm-hmm. You need to interrogate me. Are you aware that you're not a good liar? Ooh, <laughs> wow. I think we need to end on that. Right there. 60 seconds is up, and I'm not a good liar. Which is a good thing, right? A, maybe. We'll see. Not for this game. Okay. All right. So what do you guys think? Am I telling the think? truth? What do you think? Or are you going to go by yourself? I think you're very detail-oriented, and that was a lot of pulling, trying to be detail-oriented, but not quite on the money. Okay. Yeah. I think you would have remembered the song. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you're all wrong. It is actually the truth. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I win, I win. I win that one. I win that round. I actually sang with Sandy Patty at a, at a Christian. I wish my mom was here. She could tell you a lot more details, probably including what song we sang. 
but yeah, a bunch of kids got up on stage and we had like this rehearsal and all these things. And I was actually the kid that had like a solo and got to get up and Very cool. say, oh, Sandy. Oh, Sandy. Yeah, so I sang with Sandy Patty. Nice, yeah. It was all downhill from there. <laughs> I, I peaked early, you might say. All right, uh, Dale, I think you should go next. All right, what do you want? Option What do you think? Two. Should we go one or two? I Megan? don't know. My investigation career is over, so I should stick with marketing. <laughs> we'll stick with marketing. But in the meantime, let's go with option number one. Mm -hmm. number, one. number one. Let's see what's in there. Oh, you have a lot of writing on there. Hey. Hey, I'm not reading it. I'm just, you know. All right, here we go. I was a standout high school football player, um, also on track, and I was on track for big things when I suffered a career-ending knee injury. Uh, because of the setback, I chose to attend CU Boulder, where I planned to major in sports medicine. However, while I was there, I got bit by the journalism bug, once got to campus, and decided to switch my major to journalism instead. Megan, uh, yeah, so start that timer. I'm relying on you on this one. I think you know him better than I do. But um, uh, I'm trying to think what would be a lie in that. You got to start. You got to. You got to start. We only got 45 seconds. What what position do you play in football? It was a flanker back, uh -huh. so it was back in the day. It was kind of like a wing type of approach, and I was. You don't in strike me as, as the football play. type, though. Hey, what? What was your senior project? Oh, yeah. What was your senior project? In which thing? In journalism. In journalism, oh, it was due an article about my hometown. Uh, and my hometown was Cincinnati, Ohio. And I hadn't lived there since I was six years old, which is a little bit of a challenge. Um, and so I did something on what it was like to be a fan of the Reds when you lived in Colorado. Hey, quit, quit buying time. We got one more question. Um, I don't know. Am I helping you interrogate? What was the injury? Again? It was my knee. Your knee? Yeah, I, and that was like stupid because I was playing basketball and you're not supposed to play a different sport than you play. And I was going up for a rebound and I was pretty short, but I was really fast. And I landed on my knee and it kind of split it. And I, I think it's all a lie. Test. I don't think you were fast. You don't think I was fast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Well, I can't help you, can I? Of course, we're working together. I probably should have started with that. Yeah, we're on the same team. Now. Time's way up. Yeah, time's way up. Um, I'm going to say true. I'm going to say, she says false, I say true. It's false. Oh. <laughs> I could rewrite it to be true. Okay. Are elements of it true? Um, like what, what's not up, true? So the part that's true is that now I didn't what major in journalism. I didn't about? major in journalism, but I went to graduate school in journalism, so okay. that's true. Um, I was not a standout high school football player, although I did play. Um, I was uh, a singer and on track to be a professional singer, but okay. playing baseball, I paralyzed a vocal cord, which derailed my singing <laughs> career. And so I went to school You should have gone with that. I would Seattle. never believe I know. that. I went to Seattle Pacific University and got a degree in music to be a musician in church. Okay, so CU Boulder was not in yes. the picture. So okay. really, any, right. nothing in here was true except the journalism word. All right. And injury. That's All a right. real word. Well, it turns out I'm not good at this game either. Um, what, what should, we, should we grill Megan next? Sure. Okay. Option one or two. Sure. Deal? One is good. Go one, one. One. One is good. Okay. Is it true or is it a lie? Okay. Um, in the morning, my tribe of ladies helps me get dressed every morning. 
I must pass their approval of my style before I can leave the house. Okay. So my daughters will give me a once over when I come in for breakfast. And if they don't like my style, they'll tell me. Um, if the cat approves though, this is the big one. She lets me know by giving me a satisfying look of approval. If she does not approve, she's a cat, which means I don't have to wonder how she feels about it. <laughs> and then Dale will let me know when I get to work. Oh, 60 seconds, sorry, roll, we okay. got roll. Uh, what, what does the, the approval look like from the cat? I don't care about the kids, sorry, kids. I'm more interested in the cat at this point. The look of, if I'm not approved, is like, and then if she approves, I kind of get like a nod. Okay. Is there a look like they a little, don't approve of regularly? What look would that be? Like an outfit? Mm. Um, today. They don't like it. Today. Yeah. And you so still wore it. Pass yeah. And still wore it. Because I'm a big girl. So they don't have any control over that. No. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Okay. Um, I just give it okay. right back. I see. I don't think a cat cares enough about humans. No, cat cares about itself. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think it's false. What do you, uh, what do you I think? I think it's false. You think it? But then again, I've. She met said, her but two she daughters. said she's bad at lying, and I, she's doing a pretty good job right now. I just. <laughs> I think it's true. Right, let's I think let's it's pull. True. Let's pull the audience. How many of you guys think it's true? Oh, lots of truth out there. I'm going false. I'm going to stick with my gut. Okay. Okay. What, what, do you, what did you true. say? You I think it's true. true? I say it's false. What is it? It's half true. <laughs> well, no, okay. It's got to be one or the other. Okay. So this does happen in the morning. The girls will absolutely say, is that what you're wearing, mommy? Um, I don't have a cat. Okay. So that's just a bold face. I have a Doberman and she does care what I wear. So See, that, now that, that would have been more believable. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you I said it is true. I said it's true, but it, I didn't think she had a cat, so I, you know. So you're bad at this game, too. <laughs> well, I think it was half true. It was so half true. No, no, was it, true it was, was false. She doesn't own a cat. I know, but her daughter. So the whole story had to be true? Yeah, everything. Okay. Truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So Rebecca so gave you me got this uh, because I, she knows I'm not a good liar. So it had to be halfway it had, true. It had to be half true. <laughs> All right, can you guys give these guys a round of applause? Thanks for making sports. Um, and then you stay up here, and we got a video for you. Go ahead and hit that. Trevor, you want to roll that video? Yeah. Thanks. Compare that number with only the first three months of this year, 
where an additional 98 new households are requesting assistance. When we realize that these are our neighbors who are struggling to survive, we can feel scared and even a little overwhelmed. For encouragement, we can remember the words of perhaps one of the best known neighbors, Fred Rogers. He said, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. When we looked for the helpers in Evergreen, we found a large number of them busy at ECHO, a nonprofit organization offering resources that bring hope, help, and security to hundreds of our neighbors. Located in ECHO's main facility in the heart of downtown Evergreen are the food pantry, client services, the resale store, and the woodlot. Of the 300 volunteers who donate their time at this location, a portion of them help unload, organize, and stock as much as 250,000 pounds of donated food per year. While the pantry had over 10,000 visits from 859 different households last year, they are well on track to see as much as a 50% increase this year as recent cuts to specific programs begin to take effect. Client services, comprising of the Client Advocacy Offices and the Education Center, are also located in the main building where clients can receive a number of services ranging from housing assistance to gas vouchers and eyeglasses, as well as a host of other important resources. More of the 300 volunteers pitch in at the Echo Resale Store, where hundreds of items are unloaded, cleaned, and arranged for customers. There is something for everyone if you know where to look. Just up the hill behind the main facility is the wood lot, where an average of 40 cords of wood are split and stacked, ready for the clients who need help feeding their homes. Located just a short drive across town are another 100 volunteers who provide cooked meals, clean bedding and toiletries, a hot shower, and a warm place to stay at Echo's overnight shelter. They even accommodate some furry clients. While it's true that scary things can happen to us all, just like Mr. Rogers said, if you look for the helpers, you will find them. Echo is one place you can find some helpers, ready to provide resources that bring hope, health, and security for those struggling, so that no one has to face a crisis alone. So what I like about that video is it shows a lot of the different things that Evergreen Christian Outreach does, um, and you guys, that you guys do so much. There's there's so many things, and that's what I want us to kind of develop in our conversation today, Megan. Is is all the different things? But to start, um, let's let's back up a step and just what would you say to the person who says, "Hey, it's Evergreen. Um, everybody in Evergreen's rich, right?" Or at least, at least they're middle class. Like I think people outside of Evergreen down in Denver would probably say, yeah, Evergreen's just full of rich people. And, in, and I guess in some senses that's true or maybe in comparison to other areas, yeah, our wealth is, 
is more than others, but what would you say the person that's just maybe not even aware of the need and, and people in need in this area? I think when we're in the day-to-day, -day, you know, you're kind of focused on getting to work, getting your kids to school, you know, going to church, volunteering, those things. And I think um, all of that's really fast and going on all the time that we almost kind of miss some of the things that are happening around us. And it's very easy to miss the reality of what's going on with our neighbors because we have our own realities, right? So you have your own life things going on and um, it takes a little bit of researching kind of around you. And, and I yeah, it also takes a little would, bit of digging, yeah, if you will. I also would say that most people aren't broadcasting what's going on in right. their lives, um, especially if it's a struggle. I think mm -hmm. that we, as a society, tend to focus on kind of the highlight reel. You know, we, mm -hmm. we want to make other people happy, and so we don't want to bring them down mm -hmm. by kind of talking about the struggles that we're dealing with. And I think because of where we're at, yeah. there's also sort of a stigma about that. Right. You know, you don't really want anyone to know that you're struggling in an area that's so abundant, right. um, but it but it is going on, it yeah. is around us. So talk to, to me about those numbers, 609, is that families or, or, or people served, um, like, like uh, that's a lot, like, I mean, Evergreen's only got, you know, some, some estimates say 10,000 people right. living it, um, you guys serve more than just 80439 Evergreen, you serve kind right. of the mountain area, so there's people coming around, but at 609 now 707 mm -hmm. that's a lot of people yeah it's a mix of individuals coming in um, it's a mix of families that are um, we often talk about self-sufficiency mm -hmm. so what does that look mm -hmm. like it looks different for everyone um, and so we may have you know the one person that comes in that maybe lost a spouse or mm -hmm. um, is dealing with the repercussions of that and they just need just a little bit of help maybe a roof repair or supplemental groceries for that week um, mm -hmm. and then we have families who come who are you know one income household or even two and the reality is that they just need a little bit of assistance yeah. and that number is always changing yeah yeah um, help us uh, Tell us about some of like the common stories that, you know, obviously every story is different of how they came to, to need assistance and need help. But what are some of the common stories that you hear of, of people finding themselves in, in need? Gosh, we hear so many different stories. Um, everyone has a different story, right? And so everyone who comes through our door is unique and each story is, is different. Um, they're all dealing with a variety of things that are that are happening in their lives that could happen to any of us so as I said um, a loss of a spouse mm -hmm. we have we have a, a gal who comes in who lost her husband and went through hospice at Mount Evans and things were kind of going downhill mm -hmm. progressively and and again just needed that little bit of a leg up just needed some help with mm -hmm. even just going through the motion of filling out paperwork. What do I right. do next? I mean, when you're in that that state of grief, you're not really able to think of the next mm -hmm. steps that you need to take. And so we have a client advocacy program. And so clients will come in and they'll meet with their client advocate. And then mm -hmm. that's the time where you sort of assess what are the needs? Are, are you needing assistance with right. the next step? Is this, um, we have stories of people who have lost their homes 
due to tragedies or a loss of a job. Yeah. And so then they, they're coming in and that's the client advocate will say, you know, what's the next step for you? And that might look like, you know, applying for housing. In the meantime, our main focus is people are fed, mm-hmm, right? Because mm-hmm. if, if you're hungry, you also don't have the ability to make those decisions right. right off the bat. So first we look at food security. Do they have enough food? Um, and if they need food, we immediately give them access to the food pantry in the process of, mm-hmm. of them coming into the program and seeing what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all stories are different. You know, it could be, it could be um, we have some families who rely on Echo just, just for grocery shopping. They, mm-hmm. you know, benefits are decreasing and I think we'll talk about that, but mm-hmm. As benefits are decreasing, we're going to see more people coming in just needing that little bit of supplemental groceries. And yeah. so that could just be the staple items, eggs, milk, bread, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's good to kind of have a scope of it looks different for everyone, Wh- whoever we're helping. Mm-hmm. It's a different approach for each person, and it's really personal. So we just look at the individual or the family and say, okay, here's what we have to offer. Let's see what programs that you need to be involved in. One of the things that I was struck by um, through different stories that I heard is, and and we were talking with Tim who runs the shelter program, and um, he's saying he had a couple of people new to the program this this winter that were in their 60s, and this is the first time that they were in this scenario where they didn't have a home. Like, first time in their life and they're in their 60s, and it's like, wow, like it'd be so shocking or so you know, like devastating for something like that to happen. And the way that it, I've heard it described, it's almost like the Jenga blocks here. Like for a lot of people in our community, they're doing okay now, but you know, a divorce, an extended uh, sickness, loss of an apartment. There was one, one story I heard of a guy who had a place to live as a caretaker for like 30 years up here. And then... The, somebody died in the family of the land that he's caretaking and he lost he doesn't have a place to live now and so he was out on his own and it's like man there's just a for for a lot of families there's a couple of key things like if they if they fall out you know just a couple of bad things happen and then all of a sudden just everything falls down um and it's it's a lot of times people don't see it coming it's it's obviously unexpected um, and it's, it's, that's where you guys step in. Um, but that's, that's a story that I feel like I've heard even amongst your staff, like yeah. some, some of the staff at Echo has received their story is Echo helped me and now I get to help others. And I, I think that's beautiful. Yeah. I think it's really awesome too. There's lots of times that we're out in the community and, um, Dale has said this a bunch of times, but people just love Echo. They love what we're yeah. doing and they want to be a part of it. I think, you know, we sort of have that value of we want to be involved. We want to help, you know, God made us helpers. And so, mm-hmm. um, to see what Echo is doing is very exciting. And so we meet people who are either involved through volunteering, or maybe they had a daughter who worked for us for a period of time, but we often hear Echo mm-hmm. helped me. I ran into a gal at a grocery store and she saw my name tag. I was picking up stuff for lunch for us. And, and she's like, oh my gosh, you, you work at Echo. And I said, yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, she's going to tell me about volunteering and stuff. And she goes, you guys helped me like five years ago. My mom passed away and I was taking care of her and I'm trying to take care of her house and her things and also my house and my things. And in the midst of it, she couldn't balance both. Mm. 
And so she ended up having to sell her house and then deal with her mom's estate. Mm -hmm. And in that time frame of taking on all of those, you know, financial hardships and just the hardship in general of losing her mom, she ended up coming to Echo for resources. Um, and then to see her, you know, she's in a good place and she just needed that time to get back on her feet. So we hear that so often. Um, and it's just, it's a really yeah. great thing to be a part of. Yeah, so I mean, 600 families last year, 700 families this year. So there were 600, 700 people mm -hmm. this year, last year. It's a lot of people. And the, but the beautiful thing is in a lot of situations, it's almost just like they need a bridge. They need just mm -hmm. a hand along the way and they can, they can get back on their feet. Yeah, my favorite thing to say is that we're a hand up. Yeah. Because it's, sometimes you just need somebody to kind of reach out and say, all right, we're getting back on track. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Yeah, hand up instead of yeah. hand out. That's good. Mm -hmm. What about, um, can you explain to us um, a common thing that I hear, you know, like, oh, Evergreen Christian Outreach. They're the ones that mm -hmm. have the, the resale shop up near Safeway or they used to, you know, now it's moved and stuff like right. that. Or, oh, that's, they're the ones that do the food pantry. And I'm sure you guys hear that a lot. And it's like, yeah, yeah that's like 20% of what we do. Um, <laughs> give us the 100%. Give us, give us, you know, the, break down the different departments and the different things you guys offer. Right. So, so we understand um, I, we like to think of it as Echo is one program. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you have all of these different facets of it. But if we were to divide it up, you come in and you meet with our client advocates. So we have a client advocacy program. Mm -hmm. and, that's, and they're great. We met some of those. They're wonderful. And, and they're awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so really you would meet with them first, and again, you you know their job is to assess the needs of the individual or the families, and then that kind of trickles out into our other programs. So then we have the food pantry, we have um, the resale store, um, and I would like to say the food pantry, if you guys haven't been, please come take a tour, oh, it's so because cool. it's amazing. Um, one of the best parts is that you... It's done in dignity, right? So you come in, you grab a grocery cart, just like you're at the grocery store, mm -hmm. and you go through and you shop, just like you're at the grocery store. Yeah, you um, choose what you want if you right. do it based on diet. So there's and, dignity in that. Yeah. You know, it's you have a choice. And then we have different food options. We have alternatives for milk, and we have gluten-free options, things like that. Um, and we're working currently on you know, addressing even more dietary needs. So that's really awesome. And then we have our resale store. and. Mm -hmm. As you said, it's we're all in one building now, which is really great. And the resale store is kind of it's kind of unique in the sense of, you know, the net proceeds go back into funding the program, but they do so much more than that. Mm -hmm. So if a client comes in and they have a job interview coming up, we're able to have them go right. in the resale store and get what they need to wear to their interviews, which is really important because not everyone has access to that. Dude, can I just tell you my favorite find? I told you this the other day. I still have three Pendleton shirts. Wool Pendleton. I should have worn one today. That would have been good. They're like, I got them for like five bucks at the resale store. There's some good finds in yes. that store. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we have a really great team of, of ladies that mm -hmm. really look through everything. Everything's put out um, specifically for, you know, um, that high quality of what, what you're looking for when you come to the store. So everyone can shop at the store. There's different price points. Um, there's curated art pieces. And yeah. um, the, the other great thing about them is that when a client is moving into housing, they're able to come in and we have that program where they can furnish their homes. Oh, yeah, so sure. um, lots of opportunities there. Then we have the education center, formerly known as the job center. 
Um, we've changed into the education center because it's now going to be an opportunity for a multitude of things. It, it'll sort of be, um, you know, you can come in and have job training and things like that on the computer. There we have computers in the room, so um, filling out resumes, um, coaching, things like that. And then it'll also eventually be open to the community to rent out or use for things. Um, so we're moving forward with that. Um, then we have this shelter. Yeah. It's a cold weather so cool. emergency shelter. So from October to May, when it's the coldest here, uh, the shelter is open from six to six and um, guests come in and they have a warm cooked meal. Our volunteers are amazing. Oh, they're incredible. And they, they bring all of these meals to us. We have a full freezer full yeah. of meals right now. So. Um, and we have like a fellowship time that there's a big open room. Everyone can sit and have dinner together. And then there's access to washer and dryer, showers, toiletries. Um, they each have their own rooms. Uh, so yeah, it's just really great. And then yeah, pets are welcome. Yes, in absolutely. That, which is huge. Yep. Yeah. 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 So that yeah, so shelter, mm -hmm. uh, pantry, um, education center. Yep. Client advocacy and the resale store. Mm -hmm. Those are the those are the main those are right. the things. And together it's you know, we like to talk about it as wraparound services, which right. is also really great that we're all in one building because then we're not sending people out to right. you know, oh make an appointment here, make an appointment there. You can come in and get what you need all in one place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool story from the the shelter uh, that Tim told me once is is about you know, just just people that, that are trying to get back on their feet. Mm -hmm. And imagine having a job interview or you, you, you're looking for a job and you have a job interview, but you're sleeping in your car, mm -hmm. not getting a good night's sleep, uh, not getting, you know, not getting a shower in the morning. Um, I mean, he's told me a couple stories of people who they're only there for a few weeks mm -hmm. just just to you know, get rest, get and kind of get a reset. Mm -hmm. And then they can, you know, they get a job and then they find an apartment and. Yeah, we um, we had a an individual whose spouse had passed away, mm -hmm. and so as you can imagine, things are happening. You know, houses are lost, and and in the time of taking mm -hmm. care of this spouse, this person lost their job, and so like you said, these things could happen to us. It just it just takes a couple different yeah. pieces of that puzzle kind of falling apart for all of it to come down, and they just needed a place to stay, um, to shower, get a good night's mm -hmm. rest, yeah. and then. You know, the most important thing going to a job interview is being presentable. Right. And that means being well rested, fed, showered, <laughs> um, and having that opportunity to do so. That's all that person needed to get back on their feet. They're back in housing, have a job, their car, mm -hmm. everything. So, and it just was a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like, from my perspective, the, the biggest areas where people could volunteer is the shelter program. You can mm -hmm. do, and, and the cool thing about the shelter program is you actually, there is a volunteer position where you sleep there. They just need, they need, there's somebody awake and then there's somebody who's asleep in case there's an emergency. But most of the time you can go there and just sleep mm -hmm. the whole night. Um, and then um, you know, obviously cooking food for that is another volunteer position. The resale store, stocking, processing things that come in. Uh, and obviously another way where you can help is bring your stuff mm -hmm. to the resale store, your, your secondhand lightly used stuff. Yep. And then, um, yeah, so you could volunteer there. And then obviously the food pantry mm -hmm. is, a, is a big, you guys have a lot of, how many volunteers in total? Um, we have over 300 active volunteers. <sighs> and cool. that number is constantly changing. 
Um, I was actually just talking to Mary, our volunteer coordinator, mm-hmm. and we have like over 700 volunteers in total roster, that, we've, yeah. that we've utilized in the last couple years, but 300 is our standard mm-hmm. number all, at all times, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, and they rotate. We have people who yeah. are in the food pantry on a, a Monday, and then they're in the resale store on a Wednesday, yeah. and our volunteers are really wonderful. We actually have a volunteer appreciation coming up, and we're making a video, so you'll get to see how fun they are. They're mm-hmm. kind of dancing around yeah. and laughing, and it's great I mean, they're wonderful people. We go down and talk to them, and, mm-hmm. and they have, like, these funny stories, and they crack you up, and and we have a couple of them that bring baked goods like every week. So all of us are actively on a weight loss program. Right. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's a real problem. Yeah. It is. Uh, baked goods are like my kryptonite. Yeah. So, um, Luke, did you have a question? Yeah, I, just, I don't know much about like homelessness and evergreen. I guess being here, the only homelessness I see as like a evergreener is like the transient homelessness that you see at like, the right. I-70 corridor as people are going like into and out of the mountains. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Yeah. And you're not the only one. That's a, that's a perfectly normal question we get all the time. I would say uh, one of my examples that I've, we've kind of shared over and over is this past year, you were talking about first-time homelessness right. in your 70s and 80s. That's pretty crazy. If you lived your entire life and never experienced homelessness, what a blessing that is. But then you get to this point where now you're unable to work because you're of a certain age and probably dealing with some health issues. And a spouse passes away. You live in a million-dollar home. And now you have to wait for Social Security and all, all the other benefits to right. kick in. What do you do in the meantime? It's, it's like one of those things that you think, I will never have to think about that. Right. But it does happen. And so as we were talking about, it could just be one one thing happens so your spouse passes away and then you're filing for all these benefits and things to kick into effect but that takes time and so in the meantime you're unable to pay your mortgage and you're unable to pay your car payment and then you need help with groceries and so you've never been in a position where you've needed any of these benefits and now it's a reality and it all happens very fast Mm -hmm. Um, I also would say there are families in our area who you know before inflation were doing okay uh, you know on one income or two and then the reality happens that you know gas prices are going up groceries are expensive oh, man. and i think yeah. can we just can we just call that, that out mm-hmm. like it, i feel like we're watching every week yeah um just go up insane right. the price of things and i've thought about that a lot like you know, financially, we're in a place where that, that's okay. It's like a, right. it's like a huh, but like that, that's not gonna yeah. cut us out or you know, kill us. Um, but I'm just thinking about people who are one step away. Right. I mean, it's unbelievable. Can yeah. I, I saw I, a bag of chips yeah. for eight dollars and fifty cents the other day. Can I chime in on the, the homeless question? Yeah. It's really yeah. important. It's representative of of all the work we do. Um, so that number, six hundred nine families, that was for our client services. Right. Right. Total assistance face to face. We have another 850 some that come for food. I mean, as, as mm. part of that, that number includes, but 9% of that number of 600 is homeless. Okay. Of wow. who we work with. So one of the things, if you think about, um, a lot of people live up here and throughout the hills because they have a sense of isolation. 
anyway. Like we like to kind of be away from thing, and there's a sense of a small community in the mountains that's isolated. Multiply that by people who are homeless. And there are people who live off in the woods in encampments. There are a bunch of people that live in their cars that you would never see. Right. So part of it is is an awareness issue we're not looking for. Part of it is they're they're really good at hiding. Right. But they come to us. Right. And so we we work with a lot of homeless people. Um, during the shelter season is when several kind of come out of the woods, so to speak, mm -hmm. because it's cold. But there are others that don't want to come to the shelter, and we still work with them. They're living in their car. Um, there are people that live in little campers. They live in the woods. Um, so it's a it's a bigger number than probably you would ever imagine. Um, and the needs are huge. And the advantage of how we do our work, and Megan used the term wraparound services, and what that really means is it's person-centered for that person. Right. Right? What is it they need? So we're not asking, how did you get in this situation? Why are you here? It's how can we help mm -hmm. in this moment? And usually through the course of those conversations, we discover the why yeah. and, and try to help alleviate that. But uh, homelessness, it's a, it's, it's a bigger issue in the hills than you would ever think yeah. of. Yeah. That's and interesting. You get to know those, know the yeah. Any other questions out there? I'll open up to you guys. Yeah, Carol? Right. But there's like the hand up, and then, mm -hmm. I mean, do you have people that you're helping over the course of years? Mm -hmm. I think we do have some people yeah, that sure. that absolutely rely on Echo long term, mm -hmm. and a lot of those situations have to do with mental illness and mm -hmm. and sort of the maintaining of what self sufficiency looks like for that person. Right. And as you said, it is different for everyone. So we don't have like a a set timeline where, where you walk in the door yeah. and you say, okay, you got six months to get it together. You know, it's yeah. kind of like, where are you at? We meet people exactly where they're at, as Dale was saying. It depends on the individual, you know, and, and really meeting with a client advocate, they get the sense of, of, you know, what's going on in your life? Why did we end up here? Mm -hmm. And how can we help you move forward from this situation? And so the ultimate goal is, um, that self-sufficiency part of how do we get you back on your right. feet and what does that look like for you? Because me getting back on my feet might look differently than you getting back on your feet. Um, and so really it's just, it's the, it's, it's the personal side of it. And um, we're always thinking about, like I said, mental illness, um, financial situations, housing. We do have mm -hmm. a lot of situations of um, maybe some abuse or domestic mm -hmm. violence. Mm -hmm. right. We have divorce, um, spouses passing away, um, overall health issues, things like yeah, that. So, so really, you know, there's not really a set time frame. You know, yeah. it's, it's just as that person's needed. Yeah. Um, and our ultimate goal is, you know, we want people, and I think most people who come in the door, they don't want to be there forever because it's hard mm -hmm. to ask for help mm -hmm. in the first place. Right. So to walk in the door is hard. And they want to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And so I, I would say most of the folks that we have coming in, you know, their end goal is to not be there permanently, and so is ours. And so we just work with them and, and as much time as that needs. And we, we do have a lot of people who, like I said, they're, they're there for a couple weeks, maybe they're there for a couple months, and it just takes time to, if you think about like, if you were going out to find a place to live or buy a house or sell your house, think about the time process that those things take. And so that's typically about the time that it takes, you know, depending on their needs. If it's 
if it's, you know, I just need some help with groceries, then they come in as long as they need groceries. Um, if it's I need help to get into housing, whatever that time frame for housing applications and things like that um, is, t is a typical time of, you know, each person's needs. So, yeah. yeah. Any other questions out there? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Sarah. Um, does Safeway and King Super help yeah. Yes, we have weekly deliveries from both um, and we have a really great community. So the grocery stores and even Walmart helps us with our back to school shopping for kids. So we're really blessed with the community of grocery stores and, and stores in the area and businesses too. So. And then what's the Food Bank of the Rockies? Is that a Yes, we are able to purchase from Food Bank of the Rockies. So we kind of explain, if you don't know the difference between a food bank and a food pantry, it's the same as like going to the bank. So the Food Bank of the Rockies is where we go and we make withdrawals and we bring in uh, fresh food and, um, and other things that we need for clients. So, you know, just basic necessities and things like that. I've seen bread lounge bread. At yes. the pantry before, yes. you know, just right here. That, you know, On like, Thursdays, a, we get bread lounge. We have bread. a great yeah. community of, of, of they generous people. They give us a donation every Thursday. Yeah. Uh, over here. Yeah, well, Chris. Just, you made mention of like uh, mental illness. So if somebody needs more than just that to hand up that bridge, right? Mm -hmm. Mental illness, addiction, things like that. They're yeah. going to be more long term until you fix that problem. Do you, do you guys have services for them? Are there, there are there practitioners or, or, or here in town that you kind of work with or mm -hmm. recommendations to give to them? Something to help with that. And, problem right you don't fix that yes happen. absolutely that's also one of my favorite things about echo is if it's something that we do not have in-house mm -hmm. we automatically have all of these resources that we can connect people with um, we have a good partnership with Connor for counseling we have a counselor that comes in every Tuesday and so she regularly meets with clients mm -hmm. and um, yeah we have partnerships with people in the area and if we need to send them out to another agency if it's something that we're not able to give them in-house, um, like addiction counseling or things sure. like that. Because our client advocates are right. often take the role of counseling as they're kind of walking someone through, but we do send them out for regular counseling and things like that, especially right. for addiction and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Good partnership with Junction Center. Mm -hmm. okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we have a, a room in our building that we set up could be used as a kiosk uh, for doing telehealth for those kind of appointments if they're not, and that started during COVID because uh, most of the clinicians went to virtual right. and we didn't, but so in a lot of our clients, maybe they only have a government issued phone and the data on that's gone really fast. Um, so they can do a telehealth meeting with their clinician. Okay. Mm -hmm. One more question. Uh, Jenny, you got one? No. no, he's already asked one, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go for it. Uh, I, so I know Right. Which we do five times a year. So, like, we're just putting a tiny vent into the amount of wood that actually gets chopped at that wood. Is that, right? is that real? 400 cords? 40. 40. We've given out 40 cords. Okay, so that, that's, that's a little bit. We <laughs> probably could give out for the demand we have. Because we go right now, everything we have is green. Uh, right. So, we're always in the need for if you have wood that's ready to go. So, what, could you describe that need? Like, how many homes are well, that's another thing like the kind of uh, homeless that you don't see. We have a lot of little cabins all in the woods, and mm -hmm. that's their way of eating. Mm -hmm. um, 
is by make better these little old cabins that are mm -hmm. little well, yeah, settlements maybe that you mm -hmm. might not even know are there. Yeah. And, uh, and that's how they eat their own. That's the only way they can. Yeah, or you're on electric or propane, which is right. extremely so expensive. expensive. Um, and then we, we have some connection to like Energy Outreach Colorado for some of our clients can have things caught up. Uh, we also have some money that can help the people who might have pellet um, stoves and stuff. Yeah. Um, wrapping up, mm -hmm. I just, um, yeah, I just, uh, you guys is hope, health, and security. Mm -hmm. If, if for some reason your sign, that beautiful new sign that you designed and that's up, up on the, on the place, um, if you find a spray painted word dignity underneath it, it was me. Okay. Cause I really think that you guys need to add. The, the word dignity is is huge in this situation. I mean, it just and, and some of us have been in the scenario where we've had to ask for help. We've been we've been where where your your friends and clients are, and some of us have not. And, and imagining what it would the the piece of humble pie that you have to eat to come in and ask for food, mm -hmm. um, to ask for help. Um, it takes courage. It takes a lot and. I, I got to watch in the last couple of weeks you as we you and I were hanging out one time in the office and just watching people come in and being greeted by their first name oh welcome back it's so good to see you how are you um just so much dignity and that's like Dale that's like throughout your organization everybody's there not just because this is a job but because they believe in the people that you guys are supporting um, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, so I just, I commend you guys. I thank you guys for the work. Um, yeah, you're, you're doing an incredible job and, and, and just keep it up. Um, and we'll, we'll keep promoting you guys. We'll keep helping tell your story and, and um, cause there's just so much you do. And, um, yeah. I think that's I think that's it. You got any closing thoughts? Um, I just want to say what you said was amazing. The hope, health, and security. I think dignity is kind of encompassed in right. that. Because so we, I'll, I'll spray paint over yes. hope, <laughs> health, and security. I got it. We're, we're on the same page. Um, if you think about just having hope, hope is such a gift from God. I think we all mm -hmm. know that sitting in this room. To be able to have hope, that's maybe yeah. not just the next day, but just like the next couple hours. Yeah. Um, and then health, your health is so important. Without health, there's lots of things that you'd be held back from. So um, just being healthy in general, yeah. mentally, emotionally, physically. And then security, what does that mean? You know, it's, it's am I gonna eat today? Do I have a warm yeah. place? And a lot of us don't have to think about that every day, but right. those things all together, we're nurturing, it's in our mission statement, we're nurturing hope, health, and security. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, it is all about dignity. And you're right, there is that human element at Echo that you, you are met as a human being. Um, there's no judgment. And at the end of the day, everyone should have dignity. So, Amen. yeah. All right. Well, let's give her a round of applause. Thank you, Megan. Thanks, Dale. So I want to, I just want to close with a, a few words. I just want to close with a few words here from scripture uh, that just fit really well with what we're talking about. So Jesus was um, invited to a, a prominent Pharisee's house on a Saturday once. 
And this is recorded in Luke chapter 14. And um, Luke makes it very clear that at this point in time, Jesus was being very carefully watched, was the phrase. So he's going to this, catch this, he's going to this Pharisee's home. So there's Pharisees there. There's a chance that like in a short few chapters, some of those men at that house are going to be crucifying him or wanting him crucified. And he still goes because he's bold and he, he's compassionate. He cares even about the people who are going to crucify him. It's good. The Gospels make that clear. So he's, he's there at this, this Pharisee's house on a Saturday afternoon. There's tension in the air. They know that they don't get along. And he's invited, he takes this invitation to come to the house. And the very first thing he encounters when he gets there is somebody who's not invited. Somebody who Luke describes as having abnormal swelling, which is just, it's gross. Like, like you can fill in the blank. And then also, so all of a sudden the party music stops and Jesus is face to face with this man. And Jesus, he's, he's brilliant. He, 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 like asks the question before they can ask it. He says, hey guys, looking at this man, he's like, is it lawful to heal somebody on the Sabbath? Because as Jews, they have these Sabbath laws where you can't, you, like God commanded us to rest on the Sabbath on Saturday. And here he is, like is healing, and the question is like, is healing work? Because that seems like a lot's getting done and is that work, is that not resting? And so Jesus, he's already been asked this question probably by maybe some of these guys, like, hey, is it because he, he's healed people on Sabbath before, and they're like, whoa, what are you doing? You're working. You're healing somebody on Sabbath. So Jesus, seeing where this is going, knowing the situation, so he, he cuts in. He's like, is it, do, you get, do you think it's lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And no one says anything. So he takes the man. He touches him. He heals him. The man goes away. And Jesus then turns back to the crowd, to them and says this. He's like, listen, I know what you guys would do if you had a son or a daughter or even a cow that fell into a pit on the Sabbath. I know what you would do. You would immediately reach down and help them up. And again, no one says a word. You could cut the tension with the knife between you know, Jesus and these Pharisees, they, they've been round robin. They've gone, they've gone a couple rounds on this issue before. And it's in that context that Jesus shares this in verse 12. He says this, Then Jesus said to his host, When you have a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your, neighbor, your relatives or your rich neighbors if you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, here's who you should invite. The poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. And if you do that, you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Here's my question for us today, church, as Scatter Church, because this is, you know, Scatter Church is not about what happens in here. It's really about what happens when the church leaves the building. What percentage of your time is spent with people who are less fortunate than yourself? 
this was a really challenging question to me personally this week. Like, what percentage of my time is actually spent with people who are less fortunate than me? Students, students, what percentage of your time is spent with, with, with kids that won't take you anywhere socially? Because here's the thing, this is really interesting. We've noticed something in our family as kids grow up. And students, this is important to know. You maybe remember this. In early elementary school, I remember our kids, would be, we would see a, a, a kid at the grocery store. And they'd be like, oh, they're in my class. They, they, I know them. They're, you know, like they're, they're my friend. Just like in, when you're young in early elementary school, you're friends with people just by proximity. And then something happens in late elementary school. And it's natural. It's not necessarily bad or like, like it's just kind of part of growing up. But there's something that happens in us as we, as we age where we start to recognize which people will take us places in life and which people will not. Which people will be a benefit to us socially and which people will not. Chrissy's going on a business trip this week. And this, now this is for us as adults. It, it, she's going on a business trip this week. And she's going to schmooze, she's in sales, and she's going to schmooze people by like taking them out to dinner and to shows and that kind of stuff. And it's a really good business practice. Every ounce and every penny that they spend on those events could easily come back to them. There could be a good ROI or return on investment for her efforts this week. That's what we're like praying for. We're hoping that that happens from a business standpoint. And here's what I'm trying to help us see. We have to recognize in us this potential to always put people, or only, only surround ourselves with people that we can gain from. Because Jesus stands in, in his words stand in direct contradiction to that. He says, if you want to be blessed, this is our big idea for today. Go ahead and put it up. If you want to be blessed, look past the best. Look past the person who will, will gain, you will be best able to gain from, and you will be blessed. If you want to be blessed, go invest yourself in the people who can't pay you back. And I was really struck by that this week because I'm like, I, I, I love you guys. A lot of you guys are close friends and we spend time together and I get a lot out of that. And I'm like, but am I spending time with people who I don't get a lot out of it? Or I don't have a potential to gain something out of it? Do I, do I, do I go towards it? People and like, if, and if I don't, I'm, I'm not very much like Jesus. Because <laughs> if you read the Gospels, he's constantly with the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And not only just because it's his ministry and it's his job, but because you, you, can, you can see in Jesus, he actually cares and values them, and he's blessed by their, his time with them as well. What percentage of your time, your efforts, your energy go into people who are less fortunate than yourselves? This is why I want to commend you guys and your work with Echo, because you can answer that you have a really good answer to that question. Some of us have to kind of just scratch our heads and think about it. But thank you on behalf of us and in our community for caring for those who are in need. Um, and I pray that your life would be blessed just as Jesus would say. But if you want to be blessed, look past the best.
It's that simple. We, we, I hope we can be a congregation that, that yeah, we do scatter church. And I, hope, I, I hope that the, in the years to come, we start seeing people fill this room that are, that are different than us, have different stories than us, um, and that are less fortunate than us, and they find themselves being blessed here. And we are blessed in return as well. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't be great? Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. That's all I got. Uh, if you want to volunteer with me, I'm thinking about volunteering at the food pantry. Like, look, talk to these guys about the different volunteer. I mean, they have, yeah, don't hear that they have 300 volunteers, so they're set. <laughs> I'm putting words in your mouth right now, but I think that's okay. Like, um, when you have a roster of 300 volunteers, you always need more because you're doing something that requires a lot of work. Um, and so, yeah, if you want to, we'd love to have you volunteer there. Um, give money, give your, your clothes uh, to, uh, to resale, um, support them in all those different ways. Um, and let's do that. Christy Donovan. I have one more question. What um, role can kids play in helping them? Oh, that is a great question. Um, I think it's probably the best thing to do is talk to our volunteer coordinator because that's always kind of changing. Um, in our programs, like food pantry and resale, we don't necessarily have opportunities for kids, but we do have a lot of, you know, uh, community things like involvement opportunities. And I know she has sort of this program separate from the volunteers that she offers for kids during the summertime. So um, getting in touch with her is, is a good way to find out what the opportunities are for, for children. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, oh. Joe Pidana from the back. Is there, um, like, for kids who have families that can't pay for school, is there, like, any options for that? Or, like, that help, like, put help put kids into, like, the program? Like, is there any, like, education? Programs? Um, for, I'm not exactly sure what kind of school you're talking about, but I mean, Let's close with that. Honestly, don't we live in a great town? Um, give it up one more time for these guys. Um, we really appreciate you taking the time on, on your day off. Um, and it's just, it, yeah, we, Evergreen's a great place to live, and it's, it's so cool to see people 
who are sharp people, who are good at what they do, putting their heart and their back into to helping people in need. And so let's help them however we can as well. So let's pray.